0: Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. It's a brand new episode of Midnight Snack. Uh, Ironic this week, given that it's Yom Kippur, midnight snacks are one of the few treats um, we could really have this week, as the Jewish peoples would uh, agree. Uh, Hi, it's Michelle Collins. I'm here with uh, Dan Acton, who's going to chat with me a little bit. We have a big guest coming on today, someone who Dan and I have both worked with. But I've actually known this guest. uh, We went to college together, so I've known him Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know Gabe and I went to college together in, in general? No. Yeah, uh, we went no. to school. Uh, we were uh, Columbia University students at the same, roughly the same time. Gabe Liebman, one of the um, executive producers of arguably the best show on television, Pen15. It's the funniest. Yeah. He's just the funniest. Like Gabe is. He's this the is, best. He's the best. Yeah. This he's, is one of those episodes yeah. that I'm like, oh. Like, sometimes, you know, you have people on, you're like, all right, I got to prep. I got to do this with Gabe. I'm like, I'm not prepping no, no, for Gabe. I'm not, I'm not even going to take prep for Gabe. I want everything. I want it all. <laughs> I'm not prepping and I'm not prepping. Dan, can I say that without getting canceled? Uh, Let me check. Oh, you do were mind? canceled. <laughs> oh, no. Already? The episode hasn't even come out s- yet.
3: My funny thing that I was going to say about Gabe was like, uh, you know, he's the smartest and the funniest and the best. And he also has like really great legs. I remember.
0: Oh yeah, he um, does have good legs. Yeah. Let me so. bring that up. <laughs> now, because we worked sure. together at VH1, but I'll save that for when Gabe comes on. We worked on um but we worked on a morning show with Gabe and that was it was just a fun time with him. Yeah, it was. You know what's funny with Yom Kippur, like I come from Jewish people, but we're not remotely religious at all. And actually mm. my parents, my mother especially, my joke is she's always shunned the religion because <laughs> I think having grown up with like kosher parents and uh, I mean, I hate to bring the mood down, but here I go again. Um, you know, parents who survived the Holocaust. I think that it, it's heavy. Like, it's a lot of heavy stuff yeah, surrounding yeah, yeah. the religion for my both my parents. But, I mean, I don't know if we were the only Jewish family when I was growing up that would close all the shades uh, in our home and then eat almost twice as much. I mean, we used to eat. <laughs> we used to eat so much on Yom Kippur. I, I'll never forget because we would have the dinner, you know, like as though we right, were going right. to fast. So we'd stuff ourselves, you know, at night. (laughs) And then the sun would just be peeking over the horizon. And my father would be in the kitchen making challah French toast every year. It was like a tradition (laughs) for my family. Yom Kippur, look, it's John Stewart has a joke about it that, you know, we can sin all year long. And then for one day we don't eat. And that even in sin, we pay retail. And then we like cleanse ourselves (laughs) for a single day. It's one of the best jokes. Dan, what's new in your life? Let's talk about it. I've had quite the week. How have you been?
3: I've been having a great week. Uh, My new job continues uh, to be really cool. I'm having a lot of fun and uh, I'm just exhausted at the end of the day. So I like kind of walk around the neighborhood and then uh, pass out at about 9am. Yeah. At a bar
0: at 9am at a bar. Every time I talk to Dan, uh, if we have our evening chat, um, I'll say, what are you doing? He goes, just walking around looking for beer. Every time you're walking around (laughs) looking for beer. I'm like, well, I hope you find some honestly. Um, You know what I noticed this week and I actually, so, you know, I do my morning show in Sirius and for a few weeks I wasn't wearing a bra because I just was like, I, I had really given up. I really given up. I cleaned my apartment. My place is looking good. I still have some more work left to do. I'm always cleaning, but then I'll also like horribly lazy. Um, and right. I put a bra on the last two mornings and I got DMs from people going, the show is better with a bra on. <laughs> and I'm wondering what that is about. And actually, I, you know, what's funny. They're not wrong. I wasn't offended. I actually agree. And I wonder what it is about. And if people who are listening, who do like Zoom meetings from home or or who work from home, I really believe that when you do get a little bit dressed or even I'm telling you, just I don't put pants on still. I have like a nightgown, bra undies, that bra just it lifts here, but then it lifts here. My mental health, it lifts as well. (laughs) You know what? Let's just move on to advice. So, you know, I'm I'm a big etiquette person, Dan. I don't know. I think yes. I brought this up even this week. This is what I'm saying. I'm running out. Maybe I'm running out of steam. Maybe I'm running out of steam. Oh, here's an exciting thing I'm doing this week. Uh, I'm going to be, if for you serious subscribers out there, I'm going to be on Radio Andy Theater. Oh, fun. I'm excited about it. And I'm playing, yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, I'm playing Luann. Or you can have a nickname for her if you want, but it does make sense. I think structurally it makes sense. Vocally it ties together. Sure. I wonder if the fact that I know Luann is going to affect my performance. Like maybe I don't want to be like too husky. Cause also I'm sensitive yeah. to people making fun of like when they called right, her Lou right. man, I was like, that's not funny. Cause like I've been there. I'm a little
3: bit, I'm a little bit like that too, but it's just out of affection for her. I'm like, you know,
0: I, no, I love let's, her. Let's,
3: yeah, let's reel it in.
0: Oh, I'm reeling <laughs> it, honey. Real big fish. <laughs> reeling it all the way in. That's going to be on Wednesday. I'm excited about it. But why I bring her up is she, when it comes to etiquette, hmm. she's really cornered the market on modern day etiquette. And, you know, when I was growing up, we had manners. Well, we had yes. my mother. Let's start there. And, you know, the problem with my mom is that my mom set such a high expectation when it came to table manners. And did I never tell you that you don't know this? My no, mom, no. My mother used to drill it into my brother and I growing up about how to behave in restaurants, how to eat properly, how very almost like debutante's ball style, like really walked us through that.
3: I remember the story about the black napkin that is the funniest thing.
0: The black napkin story, which, (laughs) side note, I wore a denim jumpsuit and asked, (laughs) because it was a black one, I knew that it was going to just be a magnet for Lent. And the waiter was this Italian guy who could not like cry his eyes away from my nips which happened to be fully out but he was like i um he was like uh madame we do not have a black napkin but i bring you a lint roller so he brought me i thought i felt like he went i called it backstage whatever in the back of the restaurant he yeah. found the lintiest napkin lintier than the one my friend had he was like enjoy he put it on the I was like, okay. I lifted it up. It was like Velcro to my pants. There was so much lint on it. I could not believe it. And then I said, Oh, can I get that lint roller? I mean, I looked crazed. And he goes, Hey, eh, eh, want a moment. Oh, eh, no momento. He went in the back. Comes out with the shittiest dollar store. You know any of the lint rollers where when you peel the shit off, it comes off in like dribs and drabs, not right, in right, full right. sheets. Yeah. I was driven and drabbing that lint off me. It did not feel good to do. I'll be very honest with you, but. Um, it, it was a, just a very funny meal overall, that black napkin, she wasn't wrong about the black napkin story. Right. Right. And for those who don't know, I don't know if I've ever told it on this podcast, just Google it. I mean, it's, I'm not going to retell my stories (laughs) 1500 times here, but no, but really, and it's funny because I'll tell you something, it created such a high level of expectation with my own friends. And like, if I go on a date with a guy and he's, he behaves in an ugly manner at the table, yeah. It really is a big turnoff for me. I, I get very sensitive to how people eat and what they do at the table. Well, what's
3: the tipping point? Because I know like things like, oh, you use the silverware at the outside. No, that I don't care move, about. Yeah. Oh, well, then what's the.
0: Here are things that really piss me off. Um. Yeah. So first of all, uh. This uh, people are going to be offended by this. I already know that I'm going to hear from people going, I do that and it's not wrong. Say it. There's an American way of eating. And this is, again, I blame my mother for all of this. There's an American way of eating where you take your fork and your knife and instead of the European way, which is you cut it and then eat it and then cut again with your fork in your left hand, Americans, some, will cut it, put the knife down, put the fork in their right hand, and take a bite. Yeah. And for me, that... doesn't work. Like that is just, it's backwards. First of all, it's an extra step for no reason. You're not a chimp. You can learn how to do it the right way. And in fact, I think a chimp would know how to do it the right way.
3: I think it's actually like a fake thing that American advice people
0: made up. I know what advice person said to do that. I've never read that. Like etiquette experts.
3: Yeah. I used to read these like 1930s etiquette books
0: and And they they said to change it.
3: Yes, and I think it's an American thing to like distinguish us from like Europeans. It makes no sense.
0: I choose not to believe that. Um, And maybe this is like coming off as incredibly bougie of me to be like, but (laughs) that—that to me is like very it's ugly. I don't like that. Um I'll tell you one that this is just me because I'm nuts and you know I I really love having a nice table and I love mm-hmm. facing out. A gentleman should always let the woman face out. Okay. Have you never heard that? Uh yeah, that makes sense. I mean like, I went on yeah. a terrible That's... first date recently and he faced out. And I, to be fair, I got there after him, but also so fine. I get it. But that yeah. should be something that all men should learn. You allow and I'm speaking here in this in a hetero dating world that you allow right, right, right. the woman to face out. I just don't I like know that. what that's about. I think that's it. I mean I realize, you know, You're I don't right.
3: know, there is some yeah, there is something weird about it. If I saw uh, like two people on a date in a corner and, and the woman had to like face the corner.
0: Yeah, it's very something. it's the there, woman faces out. It's ugly. Yeah,
3: there's yeah, yeah. There is something strange If about you
0: that. pour okay. water for yourself, obviously you pour it for other people at the table. I'm very big on that. Um oh, there I love that. Obviously there's just There's just a way that you behave that's thoughtful and it's elegant. And I'm telling you, if you go to restaurants, that's why I get sensitive when I see Sometimes back when we could travel the world, you know, you see an American in another country and they're, to me, it's like, watch. I mean, Coco, my girl, Coco, the gorilla, may she rest in peace, Uh has better manners than most Americans (laughs) who travel. I'm like, I always look around, I'm going, what is, what are you guys doing here? Like, don't make a scene. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But there's just a way. There's just a way. I don't know how to put it. I, I put my elbows on the table often, which I know is considered ugly. I do that, I think, because I'm long-armed, so I never know where to put my arms. So that's yeah. maybe that. But I admit that I, I'm i not a perfect listener. But I, mean, I just get tired. I, that's the thing. I get so tired. I have such a heavy head. I mean, <laughs> I told you that this the hat woman measured my head, and I had a 24-inch head. And I that's Googled right. that because I, I mean, was like, that doesn't seem like that... <laughs> big and then i googled it and it's like 24 inch head men's xxl it's like come <laughs> on so my head is heavy i i do have to be fair tree trunk neck but you know it's still like i feel like i couldn't have a skinny neck with this head it just occurred to me okay let's get to this question so this is miss manners this week uh, miss manners now is a woman named judith martin so here's the question dear miss manners if we're hosting a birthday party at our home for a niece or nephew This doesn't make. I already hate this question, and I'm sorry. I'm reading it to you guys. (laughs) Uh, Is there a polite way to suggest to the parent not to bring the biggest cake they can find? May I already stop this right here? Uh, Are they saying that their their sibling is bringing a big cake? It sounds to me like they're saying their sibling. Why don't you just say my sister had a party at my house and brought a big cake? Why do I have to get the whole family tree out to figure out? I
3: don't know. It could be the sister-in-law or the brother-in-law. I don't know.
0: It says other, oftentimes, like how often are they doing it is my question. Stop hosting it at your house. Family. It's stop like a host- big
3: love family.
0: It's the Duggars. <laughs> the Duggars wrote this. How often are you, if by the way, if the cake is a problem, stop hosting parties at your house. I mean, let me just crack this code right away. Two sentences in. <laughs> oftentimes we're left with a huge cake to fit in our fridge. <laughs> innuendo we've all been there right Dan? i can't fit your cake my friend there's not enough room you have to move those eggs which we actually don't so horrible which we actually don't want once the party's over i feel guilty well, for throwing it out why do not you make the people take it home i guess it's, yeah i get that it's a hassle to bring home they don't want the temptation but that has nothing to do with me i feel bad telling a parent I mean, this is ridiculous. What kind of cake to get their kid, but I have limited space in my fridge. This is the dumbest fucking question. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, listener, that you had to listen to this. <laughs> and Tracy, I'm mad you put it in the packet because honestly, <laughs> that is so stupid. Just say, Hey, I mean, what are we living in? Just some... what is this, throw it sign? out. Throw it out. What are we living? What's that movie that I hated with Amy Adams with the aliens and the egg? Oh, uh, uh, arrival. arrival. What is this yeah. arrival? What do you have to hold a sign up with some coffee rings on it? <laughs> Just to speak a fucking English and say, listen, <laughs> I fucking hated that movie. I'm the only person who hated Arrival. Everyone saw it. They were like, groundbreaking stuff. I was like, are you kidding me? They're going to pretend they can. And by the way, the scenes where she was hacking the language, I'm air quoting because it was literal Dunkin' Donut coffee rings on paper. They didn't even explain. She was like, yes, that's, that is the letter T. Like, they didn't explain I was like, what? You can't do that. I hated that movie so much. I was so bored. Oh, you liked it? Yeah, I, like that. I, I figured. That. I knew you did. I knew you did. Yeah, I great. said, yeah, <sighs> anyway, just tell the person, hey, I, I don't have room in the fridge. Bring enough cake for the people. Whatever's left, you take home immediately. No, if
3: it's a huge cake, it's just a sheet cake. Just say like, oh, that's great. And say goodbye. This looks great. And then just once they're gone. No, I,
0: I feel bad throwing food out like that, too. Well, maybe get bring man. it to a homeless
3: shelter. I don't know. I'm being serious it for the birds. I don't know. How big is it?
0: Kill the birds. Honestly, I say kill the local birds. Let's listen to her answer. <laughs> I already hate this. I, I hate it so much. Oh, she says, if if they must get a big one to take the leftovers home. She says, can I ask them to downsize the cake? You know what? I need to do an updated manners column because this shit is, I'm, I'm my blood is boiling and this is not the energy I wanted to welcome Gabe Liebman to the show, but it's happening. Gentle reader. I'm fuming. I'm fuming you may not ask the people to bring a smaller cake. How fucking dare she? But okay. by the way, are, is anyone writing this or reading this Jewish? I mean, a Jewish person would be like, don't bring cake. I, I don't have got room <laughs> for the cake. Don't bring the cake. Cause we are a people of language. We like to explain how we feel many times. It hurts us many times. It really <laughs> works against us. But in this case, I think it would help, but you maybe rebox what is left at the end of the party and hand it to your brother or sister on their way that's, out of the door. That's Done. a good idea. That's a good idea. Protests that they have no place to put it should be met with a knowing. I completely understand. It's just, if it stays here, it's going to get thrown out. And perhaps Liam, the name she picked would want another piece. I hate, the, I hate the newest manners. I, maybe it's the <laughs> old one. I don't know. Uh, I feel like this has been one of the biggest wastes of my time in the history of manners question asking, <laughs> give the, give the cake to homeless. you know, sometimes you just got to give it away.
3: I like the idea. That's, that's another thing that I would actually do is like, just like have it packed up and as they're leaving, yes. just put it in their hands and then goodbye. take it. Yeah, it's fine.
0: Someone told me a story recently. Um, if we're going to get into manners and I know we're going to have Gabe any second, but I want to ask this to you. Mm Because someone was telling me how they had a dinner party. I'll keep it vague, And uh, but I guess they met outside for it because obviously it's a pandemic. So they met at a place where you put the order in, you put the order in and then you pick up the order. It wasn't like a seated table side service. And my friend paid for everything. And there were like 10 people there. So it it was like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. But then they did the after party at their house. So obviously nobody brought wine and no one offered to pay either. And one guy actually brought a thing of Tito's vodka that ended up not getting used. And at the end of the night, he went in the fridge and grabbed it. And I was like, well, okay. that's terrible. That's, that's unheard sucks. of. That is an yeah. unheard of thing. Yeah. yeah. But at first I was like completely incensed. Like how could they not offer any money? Yeah. But I think it's like when someone just goes and orders like 50 chicken wings and this that, and the other, it would be kind to say, do it. What do we owe you? Yes. And the truth is my friend should then say don't worry about it. That's just the truth. Yeah, but you if need they're to hosting, have that interaction, yeah, you, you have, have you to have offer to have that back and forth. Of course. They didn't offer, of but also he was pissed about that and then he was mad they didn't bring anything. Well, the guy taking it was like, I mean, that's unheard of to me. I said that's yeah. a true animal. But <laughs> things like this get me out of bed.
3: I brought a bottle of vodka to uh our mutual friends' uh house in, yeah, you know, they bought a house upstate. Oh, yeah. And uh they I found out that they hate vodka and oh, they never God. drink it. So I felt bad, but I was like, well, can I take
0: this back? (laughs) It seems like that's okay. The friend I was talking about was you. And I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to call you out. But Dan, it was you. Um, They called me. They are mutual friends. And I said, well, I think you made a huge mistake. Um, No, you know what? Actually, at this Rosh Hashanah dinner that I went to last week, um, my friend who invited me was like, and it was a very small. It was like a family, my friend and I. And yeah. she was like, uh, only bring kosher wine. Now, I don't know if people are familiar with kosherness and kosher things. I always say the only kosher thing that I eat are hot dogs because I, I'd like there to be like nice lips. Like if you're going to use, you know, <laughs> the lips of a cow, put some gloss on it. You know, and that to me is what <laughs> kosher meat does. But I went to Costco to buy the wine, not realizing that kosher wine, you really have to go to like a specialty wine store oh, for the yeah. kosher section. But also kosher wine sucks. Like it's, it sucks. So I didn't have time. There he is. There's our boy. That's good. Hi! hi. Okay.
2: Wait, oh my God, Dan acted.
0: Uh, hey, how are you? What? <laughs> Wait, this is What's nice. He's more excited to see Dan than me. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> he he literally saw me. Was like, hi, and then went. Hi, Michelle. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm hurt, and, but I'll continue with the podcast. Oh, my Hi, God. Gabe. That show. <laughs> oh, my God. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I was we were talking. I'm yeah. going to obviously give you a professional introduction in moments. But while we have Gabe and Dan and what a beautiful reunion. I was saying we all work together.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy.
0: It's really funny. It's so crazy. <laughs> Look are at you? us
2: all these two years later. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm Morgan Freeman. I have like skin tags. I'm like, yeah, just quick two years. They really flew by. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, we were saying, Gabe, before, um, before you got here, how much fun we all had working together, but that we've just all known each other for decades.
2: Decades. And it was fun. It was such a funny, weird world. Yeah. We would have to the wake 15, up. nineteen fifteen of it all. Oh my God. I mean, do you remember the... The run through for the first episode was on January 1st.
3: No. Is oh, that yeah, true? That's, yeah, that's right. It was yeah. New Year's
2: Day. Yes. Be, at, be yes. at 1515 at like 5am New Year's I Day. I'll never you, forget that. I this. was not so there funny. for that. I was not working there yeah. then. Well, you were brought on to save the show. Yeah. <laughs> by, the
0: way, by the way, any executives listening, big mistake. When, when you bring me on, that is like, I am the kiss of fucking death. I mean, I <laughs> you
2: need to get some real talent up in here (laughs) they flew me from
0: la to come work on that show and honestly it's funny because i work (laughs) on such an early show now that now waking up at six is like normal but having to be there at six right we had to get in at six that fucking sucked yeah it was was called big morning buzz live and i don't think any of us talk to the host anymore lovely as she is we just don't really keep in touch with her but um we we made some good
2: friends on that show it was fun yeah it was really fun it was, like, a little fun, weird experiment. I mean, they had never done a thing like that. The set was the elevator bank. Literally, <laughs> I'll never forget people.
0: It, she'd be like, hey, everybody, it's Carrie. And it would be like, ding. And some second <laughs> would step out and be like, am I on? T-? It was a live show. Like, I'd be like, am I on television right now? I mean, it was sort of actually avant-garde. You had to
2: sign a release to, like, get off on that floor.
0: I always had yeah. to sign a release to get off backstage. <laughs> <laughs> that's my kind of release all right. an NCAA, baby. <laughs> well listen um all right let's wrap with dan i will tell you this right. dan acton you know we love you follow him on instagram at dan underscore acton he's look how good he looks gabe no
2: he looks great what? always has oh thanks Such a looker
3: i <laughs> i was complimenting your legs like earlier uh i remember from like big Morning my bus, legs like,
2: yes I'm wearing shorts right now.
0: So. I mean, kick a leg right. up for us, Gabi, okay, Kick a down. leg up.
2: Yeah, you look, you look great.
0: <laughs> he said it to us. I was like, he did. You, you always had very beautiful calves and muscular gams, Gabe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a fat person thing. You got it. You, oh. got, it, you, you got the legs oh, no, no. from Shut from, up. from the work. <laughs> <laughs> the work of getting yourself around. Oh no! I
0: knew a girl. I went to school with such a nice girl who had that body, and I always felt like God, you know, because i i have never been thin in my life, but I always was grateful to be mostly proportioned. You know what I'm saying? Other than my yeah. huge fat ass, I was like, well, my, my ass is doing a lot of work too. People, okay, doing a lot of work. Dan, we love you. We'll talk to you All soon. Right, love you back. Bye, Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. All right. Let me let me actually bring you in because you to me are. My eyes almost get misty thinking about you, Gabe Liebman. I love you so much. I miss getting burritos with you at 50th Street. I miss, remember, we used to get margaritas together and just...
2: It was so fun. The days. Well, we've known each other for a thousand years.
0: I'm not kidding you that Gabe and I have, when we were Muppet baby versions of ourselves, (laughs) we knew each other. And I miss those days, but do I? Hmm.
2: That's the thing. I would never go back, but I'm glad it happened.
0: That's a beautiful thing to say. Let me introduce you because you, um, I, I, there's so much that you're doing right now. And it really, if anyone that I knew from college was just killing it, meaning I'd want them to kill it forever, it would be you. You, uh, obviously comedian, writer, you've worked on a million shows, Kroll Show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You are the um, one of the executive producers of the Pen15 show on Hulu, which we're, obviously we're going to talk all about. But you also have a new, uh, you're the showrunner, have a new animated show called q force yeah which is coming to netflix in 2021 it's a well you tell us about that too follow him on insta and on twitter at gabe leadman just my son my father my brother gabe leadman hi gabe <laughs>
2: hello <laughs> thank you for having me
0: the whole podcast is me introducing you and then i'm like that is it thank you so and much for being it. here <laughs>
2: Bye. (laughs) All I want to do is now ask you about your father and your brother, but...
0: Ask, what do you want to know? How are they? Oh my God, everyone's great. My dad um, has not left the house along with my mother since March 6th. Thoughts on that? Wow.
2: Well, so they're doing... I mean, doing it righter than most, but that's also an extreme version.
0: Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to go home to see them and I'm going to get to their apartment and they're both just going to be covered in like pig's blood. Like, I'm afraid (laughs) that they... (laughs) I'm like really afraid that I'm going to go and be like, I'm here. And they're just they're going to have like Wilson hand stamped on their face and the cat's going to be disemboweled. And I'm like, what
2: happened? What happened? My mom and sister live together and they live in this beautiful, adorable apartment, downtown Philly. They've lived together for a while now. And even before quarantine, they were calling each other Big Edie and Little Edie. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> that, is so like, that is very them too. That is very them. That was their nickname for each other. And now obviously it has just gotten more extreme as the rest of the world has faded away. Um, it's just so crazy what we're living through right now it's nuts
0: I'm glad that they have each other though you know because it's nice yes. I it I'm sure that they're actually having fun your your mom your whole family is just like the light of my life like I love them how's your brother doing another he's Columbia good. grad my my year yeah Eli
2: yes yes your classmate yes he's good he's he and his family there in Brooklyn mm-hmm. um he's got two kids and they're adorable they just uh-huh. got um iMessage accounts so I how old text. are they They are nine and six. Wow. A six year old is texting. Oh my God. I don't know. She's not texting. I mean, she's doing uh, some FaceTime calls and it's very fun. That's cute though. Yeah. It's nice to stay in touch.
0: I'm curious without giving too much away. I'm a little bit weird about like my niece is following me on Instagram, even though I'm not like posting thought pics, although lately I've kind of delved there a little bit, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a strange. I don't like it, and I and I love them. I, it's just weird. Like I like there to be two separate worlds, but then I feel like a monster. Not I let the little one follow me now because I felt mean saying no.
2: Right. Yeah, they're not on social media yet, but mm-hmm. they every once in a while I'll get a, a like a text from my my nephew to say like what are you doing. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. what do you say are you like, working? like i just walked the dog or oh. i'm making lunch i try and i do a lot of exclamation points he does none um oh he's I, serious I'm, like that he's negging me i think i think he like wants me to perform like i'm so interested in you and he's yes. like yeah whatever
0: you know i think that that's how eli is so that sort of clocks yeah. for me <laughs>
2: if memory serves
0: Eli was identical so I don't yeah, think I've ever a lot. I don't think I've ever seen him like use an exclamation point even just talking no
2: I don't think so <laughs> very measured
0: very measured very measured but unlike you you're not measured at all Gabe you're no. a an ex- wild explosive wonderful <laughs> creature creature is such an offensive term I've ever done, creature like do you
2: I don't like it's it. it's true
0: Because I feel like when people call me a creature, they mean like an orc from Lord of the Rings, not like a cute like creature.
2: (laughs) You're not an, not a a, a woodland fairy. (laughs) I'm like
0: born from the mud. I've got pecs. I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I that creature? Um. So wait. So the family's good. I like to hear that. How's Daniel? Daniel, you're
2: good. He's um. He's been really productive during this quarantine thing, which is like inspiring because he's. He's an author. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, even though we're both writers, he has, he's kind of in charge of his own productivity in a way that I'm not. I have deadlines yeah, and I have people bugging me and I know when something is due and when to say, okay, I'm done with this because it just has to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas he's really just like on top of his own thing and he's like, it's very interesting to watch. Like he has himself on his own schedule and he's really like, putting stuff out I there. Hate which is, I, I hate that. I hate, it hate I'm it. like, I, I just know I could not do it.
0: What sign is he? He's a Scorpio. I hmm. mean, you are?
2: I am a Taurus.
0: Oh, my favorite male sign, Gabe Liebman. Ooh. Did you know that?
2: I didn't, but I do feel compatible.
0: I love you. And it's, you know what? It's like the no drama sign. Like it's like the men who I, I don't know a lot about female Tauruses, but the male Tauruses that I've known, they're straightforward. They're kind, confident, um, like no bullshit in a way that I really like.
2: God, that's what I want to be. Okay, you that's are good. that. I think that's you really good. are. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, is, uh, associates stubborn. That's the first word you get when you say Taurus, and I'm like, I guess I am. It's not something you would know about yourself if you're stubborn or not. That's something other people have to tell you whether that's you're true. stubborn. Um, but yeah, it's nice to hear no drama. I, I'm going to take that with
0: me. Stubborn seems also like the kind of word no one uses anymore. Now it's like self-important or now it's right. like the word stubborn sounds like something from Mary Tyler Moore. Like, oh, stop yeah. being so stubborn. You know, now it's like, <laughs> stop being a fucking asshole.
2: Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, stubborn.
2: Got it. Stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching Mary Tyler Moore in my quarantine. It's so for the funny. First time. It's so funny. It's the oh best. Oh my God. Did you
0: ever watch the Dick Van Dyke show back in the day?
2: No. And I have to. Ah, it's so funny. You'll shit. That's the one that's in a right. Takes place in a writer's mm-hmm. room. Yeah. I've heard nothing but the best stuff about that.
0: Well, you'll recognize like every person from it because they all eventually became one of the old people on Seinfeld.
2: Like every, <laughs> oh. <laughs> every person young on the Dick Van
0: Dyke show lived with, uh, Morty and all of them in Del oh double Vista. you know? So it's Amazing. a nice tie in for that. I can't wait to be old. I feel like I, I just want, I want it all to end, but not in a suicidal way, just like enough already,
2: you know? Not, we've done it. We've done we it. We have done it.
0: Don't you feel grateful? Cause I think you and I are around the same age. You're, you're younger than me. What did you just turn 38? I'm guessing.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm 82.
0: 82 and I'm 81. So, Don't you feel, though, like kind of grateful that we're this, although I'm single, so it's a little different, but that we're at this age during this particular time in history? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It's like watching the younger generation grapple with even the idea of quarantine is heartbreaking because it's I know exactly what they're thinking is like. You know, the the reports are, you know, now all the most of the infections are happening to people in their 20s because they just can't stay they inside can't and stay like, inside. I know I was a maniac in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything healthy and no one could tell me what to do either. So I totally fucking get it. And of course, the economy, it, it scares me so much it's, for the younger people.
0: It's really scary that like people who are looking for work right now, because even when we were, let's say, you know, when I was in my 20s and I was dying to working TV, those jobs paid zero and they were horrible, but at least we were getting them. Do you know
2: what I mean? After exactly. like with
0: hard work, we we were able to do that. And I'm like, how do you even get hired at anything now? Because everyone is out of work. So like, yeah, what do you do?
2: And what do you, and, and there's no help coming. That is, I it know. just scares the shit out of me.
0: But look I, at us, yeah. you know, where, but forget the youngs. And then <laughs> mentally, I feel like we're at a good, place yeah we're like old
2: enough to know to be responsible and to absorb the terror of it all like it's just like i think we're we're the generation that's just never going to forget that this happened hopefully and
0: maybe also because we were young when 9 11 happened so we've already been through a trauma and it's you know and we were old enough to remember it Crisply include we were probably two blocks away from each other when 9-11 happened, by yeah. the way. But what dorm were you in uh junior year I was
2: in the I was actually living in a Barnard dorm really? at the time. Yeah. The one above Ollie's on one.
0: Uh, we were uh, babe, we were a block away because I went to Salzburger Tower. So <laughs> I was Golds on one seventeenth. were. we were a block away from each other nine eleven, and that's the show. We gotta go.
2: That's, that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Gably
0: and watch pen fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like coming up on loose change too. Uh
2: oh I'm my sorry. God, we'll take man. that out.
0: But yeah, it's um Oh my God! Molly's. I still haven't
2: watched it. I'm, I should watch it. No, why I would you haven't. watch it? Why
0: would you? I haven't watched it because it either. comes
2: up enough, it, and and everyone has like a knee jerk joke about it. I still, I'm like, I it's one of those things where I pretend I know what people are talking about, but I don't.
0: The only thing I know about it is that their suggestion is that um, I'm sure you know this that the building could not have melted from exactly. the heat of the plane. But yeah. then I'm like, well, wouldn't even one floor collapsing bring the whole shit down?
2: That's what I would think. You know. <laughs> But we, certainly you don't you don't crash an airplane into a building every day <laughs> you know it's, right. God, we, we're it's laughing because it's, it's horrifying ordinary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. we'll yeah. edit this whole thing out um, so game <laughs> <laughs> hey Trace can we uh, edit that whole loose change part out I'm like and by the way <laughs> QAnon onto something coming up next
2: oh no, god my god
0: see that's another I thing I don't want to know about
2: I can't act- that I actually can't stop in like reading about no you're joking I, am- I can't Why? stop it Ooh, it's just scary. It's crazy, and it's like just getting bigger. Also, because putting on a show called Q4s, and I think should it be called that? Oh my god! Are you going to change the name? Well, I've like gone back and forth a million times, and I keep ending on no. And I consult a lot of people about it, and and the advice is sort of like, don't, don't seed. Mm. But it is scary. It's well, you still have like a just, year to do something Yeah, so about I'm it. here I'll figure it out yeah
0: you should just start a group called queer and and then re- <laughs> you have to rebrand QAnon basically in order to make it fit for your show
2: right <laughs> I think that's a great idea I mean also yeah it's just it's yeah. crazy but I have a neighbor who was wearing a QAnon shirt shut
0: the fuck up and it's
2: just you know it just like shows up um what did it's it say not going away it said we are Q." with it with a, with a fl- an american flag in the queue, and then there was these other letters under it and that's what i googled to make sure um oh this is qAnon and to make sure he wasn't was, going
0: to like murder you a jewish gay man by yeah, the way i'd also exactly. be frightened from yeah. that what um yeah. what did you find out from the letters
2: um it's it it's an acronym for like where we go blah 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 i think that or i don't know it was it was it was like ww one wga or something like that and it, it, it's like where one of us goes we all follow or something like that i didn't it didn't sink in obviously but that was that was what tipped me off
0: my whole thing is that gabe lives in los angeles and i'm assuming a pretty liberal part of town so yeah uh, i mean all of la is pretty liberal unless you're like very wealthy i feel or like i don't know but that yeah that anybody who can like Afford rent or buy, uh, can afford to buy a home. That a homeowner, when I'm a renter, believes in QAnon. That does spiritually break me down a little bit.
2: There is the scary, the scary thing is that there's this overlap through hippiness. Really, that is this. Oh, it's a wellness
0: thing, right? Yeah, it's a wellness
2: thing, and it's people who are skeptical of like vaccinations Mm. and people who don't want to wear a mask because they don't want to limit their oxygen flow. And it's not the only way in is no longer Trump. There's also this new hippie way in and it's the scary, the the overlap in the Venn diagram is, it's surprising. It's just, um,
0: can I, can I make a guess? Scary, Yeah. Whites?
2: White. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to guess.
2: Yeah. Whites. Okay. <laughs>
0: I just want to make sure I'm getting yeah. it right. Yeah. There is some overlap white
2: whiteness done.
0: (laughs) all right just wanted to get that out of the way um
2: correct yeah yeah
0: that is really scary I I find it's funny because Netflix has been putting out a lot of these documentaries about like wellness and just all there was one I watched about drinking and uh, there's one about diets and all these things and I started watching them and I'm like wait I know that the idea of these behind these documentaries is to educate and to show you that like, yeah, maybe getting your face stung with bees won't make you look young. That was something I watched, um, <laughs> which by the way, immediately I was like, or oh, bee stings. Like they use tweezers to get the bees. I was like, cute tweezers, bees.
2: Yeah, could be cute. <laughs> a so beard of bees.
0: Cute. But I realized that like, they make me feel bad. I was like watching them. And I'm like, I actually, like, honestly, the vow I, first of all, I have a lot of issues with The Vow. I do not like it oh, at all. Yeah. I think it's a. Oh, yeah. It's terrible.
2: It's not the right narrators.
0: It's literally like watching. You know what it reminds me of? It's like watching a city council meeting on C-SPAN where I'm just like, (laughs) is someone talking right now? Like, is there, are there, it's almost like they didn't have an editor. They're just like, just toss all the footage together and hope people can find their own narrative within this thing. It's confusing.
2: And and Mark and Sarah are not cured. You don't think they're they're cured? Go on. No, I don't think they're cured. I think that they are both freaked out that it got sexual, but the way they talk about the program and the five days and the binders and the sashes and all of that stuff. I actually think they still think that that all works and that makes me not trust them.
0: Well, anyone who would fall into a cult, I always think which cult would I go into because Uh I, I think I would be easily, I I like to believe that I'm not gullible and I like to believe that I'm really tough I'm actually dumb and I've been tricked before and I could see myself getting tricked again.
2: Of course. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm kind of half joking because I feel like anything that has any kind of cult connection freaks me out. Like even driving by the Scientology building in LA, I didn't like driving by it.
2: It's scary. It just didn't feel good. And like, you see the volunteers, and ooh, yeah,
0: they're I, yeah, they're, they're single handedly keeping the um, short sleeve button down industry in business. The Scientologists. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're buying those shirts. Okay, go on. Hey, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, honestly, what would keep me out of a cult is that they're so expensive.
0: That's true too. But you know, you would think, yeah, but it's helping me. That's you know, I remember in L.A., I used to go. Uh, there was a clinic. What was
2: that? <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, there
0: was a clinic in Hollywood that actually was great. They had really a wonderful staff there, and it was really easy. You didn't have to make an appointment. You could walk in. And that was where the Scientologists, I guess they had to have some medical exam to do something. I don't know what the inner workings are of it. Oh, wow. Which kind of surprised me because they do seem, considering how, like, anti-therapy they are and anti-medication and things like that, I'm surprised they would even send them to, like, a normal doctor, but... Unless I was secretly, unless I was going to a Scientology doctor, I don't think I was. It was under a dispensary. So there was something already very shady and weird about it. Oh but God.
2: And you did have to hold a can for I, 20 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Like before they would see me, they would make me tell them my deepest, darkest secrets. But then they would give me aspirin. So I just kept going. And yeah, <laughs> But I remember like there was one story where I walked in and there was a woman sitting in the waiting room who... You know, I didn't know that she was a Scientologist, but she she was uh, overweight and, you know, living her life. God bless. And sitting. But she looked like she had been through some stuff. I was like, okay, that woman, you know, you see a lot of things in L.A. I was like, all right. And then walked in this like supermodel. I mean, stunning, tall, blonde woman, like gorgeous, skinny. And she put her name in and they sat near each other. And this woman was reading the blonde was reading like this comic book that I guess was some kind of Scientology like indoctrination pamphlet oh, wow. and the other lady was like i'm reading that too and then i watched as these two just chatted like when i tell you the two ends of the bell curve uh, of what is yeah. considered um according to the media you know uh, not me but according it's just two very different looking people i'll put it that way yeah yeah, yeah. and I was just like, this, maybe this cult is good. (laughs) Like, look, it's bringing these two. (laughs) I was like, look, these two can chat. chat Yeah, I was like, that's nice. But then I was also like, freaked out. Like, what are they testing them for? Where are they sending them to the boat? Like, where are they going? You know, it was freaky. I don't know. The whole thing there freaks me out.
2: It's freaky. Anyway. Neither of us, okay, that, okay. Neither of us fell for what I think Uh is, okay. It's not, not, it's not a cult, But it has a lot in common with a lot of these programs. Neither of us really got sucked into UCB.
0: Funny you say that. Wow. Okay, can I just say something? talk talk to people about, tell people who don't know what UCB is what it is because I have obviously a lot to say. Go for it.
2: Okay, so UCB is like um, an improv and sketch comedy training school that started in New York City, popped up in LA. They got really, really big And for a long time there, it felt like this is something you need to buy into to have a career. Correct. And, um, I, you and I both did improv prior to what in in school, um, while, while living another life and then, you know, enter the world, want to get into comedy, want to work in entertainment. And that seemed like this way that you could sort of buy into it. Um, I did do UCB 101, and it turned me off because I felt like it's this very prescribed plan that costs a shit ton of money. So much
0: money. So how much, much? Do you remember money. how much
2: you paid? My, I think back then the class was like 350,
0: yeah,
2: or something like that. Which you know, for eight weeks broke, or something. But yeah, yeah, for was, eight weeks for like a broke 22 year old. Yeah, it's a it's, lot. it's almost your whole rent. Um, And it's, you know, in New York City where your rent is 100% of your income always. Um, So it freaked me out. And there was this sort of like Lord of the Flies sort of power structure to it. That's what scared me the most was like, all the people who hold the power here are like 18 months older than me. Like who, why are they in charge? It was so scary. It's funny that you
0: call it a cult. I don't. I don't know if I would call it that, and I should. Yeah, like, add, I don't
2: think it's actually a cult. I, no, no, I should, no. I should make that clear. But there are there's some things in common. No, no, that no. When hear people use the like the one hundred ones, or you know, like uh, there's there's terminology that doesn't not sound like Nexium and Scientology. I've never, and I have never, I actually have never thought
0: about that before until you just said it. You're one hundred percent right. I should start by saying that I was lucky in that I. um, was able because UCB the name carried so much weight with it that people were ba- like booking shows because they were UCB like SNL yeah. would, you know, go to UCB to as a feeder for their cast. So it was, you know, there was like a lot of prestige involved just being a part of UCB. And yeah. I did my, um, my show magic Mish XXL for a long time, starting in LA. And then I brought it here to New York. And I will say that I Loved the theater. Like
2: the reason why. Loved it as a venue. As a venue. venue.
0: And I will. But but I'm going to say something about that, which is that the venue you couldn't. And now they all closed. Basically, I think L.A. is still open. There's one. They opened one on the West Side, and we're talking after taking. I mean hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, they must have earned so, so, so much money and they somehow still tanked. And for the listener who doesn't understand this, I would do a show, they would sell out 95% of my shows were sold out. They would only charge $7 a ticket. That was not up to me by the way. Now I'm all for, you know, we're talking here about young people going to see comedy. I'm all for, um, do you know, not charging a lot for tickets? However, why couldn't they, they paid me When I tell you zero dollars, I mean that I wouldn't even get cab fare home and I had to bring all my shit with me. I had to be responsible. I wouldn't get paid a cent. Never once got a check from UCB. So I used to think, well, can't they make the ticket $15 or even 10 and give me at least so I can go buy myself dinner after the fucking show after I've sweat here? You know what I mean by
2: that? It was. And if they're not paying the talent then pay all of your hundreds of quote unquote interns.
0: They paid nobody and people were chomping at the bit to work there and to perform there, including myself, because the name had so much recognition. We thought, well, the name is worth it all. And frankly, I will say that that being all said, there were some of my favorite shows. Like I loved performing there, but eventually I started really getting bitter and I was like, you know, this is, and this is why I think that they frankly tanked because People got pissed. There were unions, people trying to unionize about it. I don't know enough about the ins and outs of it, but it became a real problem for them. And listen, I love Amy Poehler. I love Matt and all the guys who started it. They're lovely people. I've met most of them and some of the funniest people ever. But what a bad call on their part. And I hope to still one day work with all of them. So please don't let this change.
2: (laughs) I know not a cult. It's not a cult. But <laughs> Is for an like- example of how you and I might not fall into a cult, Go there were a lot of people who got real deep in there, got treated like shit, yeah, got nothing out of it other than maybe some friends. And I mean, and that's not knocking the art form. I actually, a lot of people shit on improv. I would say improv. Oh. I M- mind blowing. you know Maybe it's not the funniest thing to watch always, but it changed everything about me for the better. Here I sound like I was in a cult, but no, but it's uh, true. No, this is your yeah. this is
0: your like art form. I mean, not to sound like a fucking asshole. Listen, the Ass Cat performers when I would do monologues there, I used to watch them and think I cannot believe their brains. Like I my stand up is pretty much improvised for the most part. You know, I I fuck around a lot, yes. but I couldn't do what they do, which is work with someone else. I couldn't do it.
2: It's impossible. It's to unbelievable, me. Yeah. and they're incredibly talented. No,
0: they're actually brilliant people. So we're we're really kind of talking about two separate things, which is the talent you know they they really did no pun intended herald big talent there but yeah. another thing that i remember reading about and this is funny that i would even like get remotely incensed about this you're really gonna laugh is that if you were a woman who took the classes and you were remotely attractive from what i heard they couldn't treat you any worse that they treated specifically really have you never heard that
2: no yes there were if like... you be were beautiful like if, you,
0: if you were a pretty girl who came there, exactly, it was like, yeah, turned the world on its head, and probably out of stemming from like the bitterness of so many male comedians being rejected their whole lives, um, right. they really took it out on attractive women who who paid for the classes. And I was oh, like, my God! By the way, wouldn't it be funny? Where I'm like, well, and I said, thank God I never paid money. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, they, I'm like, I'm king of the UCB. It'll be like, rewind the clocks. I'm running the shit. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's two different timelines. The one where I did it and I become really yeah. successful. And then I read that article and I'm like, wait, what? Wait.
2: <laughs> There's a little bit of that going on in The Vow when it's like, oh, yeah." did you pick up on that where it seems almost like, well, why wasn't I invited to, like...
0: Have sex with him?
2: Have sex with him. By
0: the yeah. way, I was, like, personally... Uh, traumatized when they were saying that they, that he would only pick skinny women. I'm like, Keith, yeah. Keith couldn't handle all this. That is true. No. Keith, I would literally crush the man's glasses would be fogged up and cracked three minutes <laughs> in, you know? So I get it, but also like, ugh, I don't like
2: it. It's so gross. It's so gross. I hate and the I don't, I don't think there's nine episodes there. Oh, I think there's nine. T- been. Guys yes, my, like I just that. lost like,
0: use of my arms. I'm full diving bell butterfly right now. I <laughs> but can't.
2: Nothing happens week to week in a weird way. Did you listen to the podcast that I can't like mm -mm. I
0: can't give it any more energy than I've already given. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's kind of a repetition and the podcast is mostly um, narrated by Sarah also. So it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Um, it's an awful situation, obviously, but I do think that they should have found someone more objective to tell that story because mm. I don't trust this Mark Vicente dude to tell I know. that story I now. could
0: see myself being lured into a cult by him. Not Keith.
2: By Mark? Yeah. you. Well, you love an accent.
0: I love an accent. I love a tall, gray-haired like real Muppet face. That's really like yeah. my, my style, you know? So I, I, I look at him and I'm like, although I don't love the South African accent, I find it sometimes to be a little grating, but, um, I do. I could see my Keith. I'm like, are you get the fuck out of here? If this guy They're even came me. up to me, I would <laughs> face palm him so fast into a ditch. People would be like, Keith, are you okay?
2: It's <laughs> He's outrageous. Disgusting. It's outrageous.
0: Oh my God. This is my new wave shit. Like, you know, even people who go do now I'm about, to, Oh, Actually, do you know what's a good show, though? Okay, wait. You know, I've never talked about watching the show. I have a show that I watch in secret. I've never, I know, I've never actually brought it up because I don't think anyone else is watching it, but I love it. So it's on TBS. It's called Lost Resort. Have you heard of it? No, no.
2: Lost Resort. Great
0: title. It's really good. It's called Q Resort. No. And (laughs) (laughs) it's a bunch of queers, Um, conspiracy queers. Conspiracy queers is a good name for something, though. That is
2: kind of good.
0: Gabe, you know, my dream is to write something with you.
2: (laughs) I would love to. I would love to. Please,
0: I hope they put this in the video. Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember I had a call with my agent like years ago and they were trying to find a writing partner for me which obviously never happened and they were like "Um, we have this guy in mind Gabe Leadman. I was like get the fuck out of here I'll call Gabe you don't need to connect us like I'll text him anyway uh, Lost Resort is really good It's a show where they took eight troubled people um, who are like, some of them are very anti-therapy and they send them to this like beautiful jungle with all these super spiritual new wave. There's like a sex expert and like there's this, and everyone is into like drumming and just screaming into the abyss and that kind of energy, super hippy dippy. But they're like normal people from like Schenectady, like it's not la people you know yeah yeah there's like a mother and daughter who hate each other there's a guy a gay guy with big anger issues there there's like this hot black guy who i swear to god they haven't spent any time in him i'm like he seems great like why is he there he's like <laughs> hot and really nice but he's like family things there's a girl who i can't stomach who's like doesn't want to be there but it sort of does make the show good because you're like well go like if you don't want to be there get the fuck out of there but you won't leave
2: right
0: it's really a good show and no one talks about it i'm like I don't know. How long has it been on? Like, like weeks, watch and this. weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's <laughs> years. <laughs> you check. It's like never existed. I completely made it up. Yeah. You're like,
2: wait, <laughs> wait, You should write
0: that. I should. Conspiracy Queers on TBS. <laughs> uh, it's it's a great show though, and the it's fun. What I was going to say though is that I am someone who is against a lot of new wave and new age stuff because it does kind of frighten me. And even some of the stuff they do on the show, I think why I like watching it is I'm like, I would not be able to get up in front of a group of strangers and do some inventive dance and then scream right. into a bucket. Like this is what I wouldn't do it.
2: Like it's, I would literally be like
0: the girl I don't like and say, no, <laughs>
2: like, no. Would you
0: do something? Would you ever like lean into that? I don't think I could.
2: I don't think so. I think I'm too self-conscious and I think I'm too skeptical. Yeah. To...
0: Would you ever do ayahuasca?
2: I am scared. I am I mean, too. I like did some like acid and mushrooms <gasps> in college, you know, when I was like young yeah. and it just was too much for me. Can you, like, can it's you tell not me something... what
0: happened to you? Cause I've never done either of those things.
2: Okay. I would say that every single time it just lasted longer on me than mm. everyone else. So there was this like weird, like, Moment, I only did it maybe a handful of times, but there would be a weird moment where everyone else was like sober and I was still just like (laughs) tripping. And the worst was, I remember (laughs) this was at Columbia. It was like, um, we had done acid with my little friend group, and everyone else was coming down and they were like, let's walk down to the river, let's just like look at the river. And (laughs) instead of just walking, like, to Riverside Park and taking a path down to the river, they ran across um, Riverside Drive and the highway. What? Yeah. And I was still on drugs and was so fucking scared. And everyone else was, like, obviously looking both ways, and I was just trusting them. But it's, like, that was so scary. And I was just, like, yeah, I don't need... I don't think I need this. And... Another time, this was a a great experience, Uh -uh. Um, but it just was like a little too much. (laughs) Did acid during the day and went to the, when the planetarium at the natural history museum was like new, um, we did acid, went to Central Park. We like bought tickets, went to Central Park um, to like wait for the drugs to kick in, then go to the show. And it started raining, <laughs> like oh really god. hard, while we were in Central Park. So then we walked into the planetarium, soaking wet, looking like complete drugged out ragamuffins. And the rest of the—I mean, it was like a two p.m. showing at the planetarium. Everyone else <laughs> there was on a field trip. Like it was just <laughs> like hundreds, hundreds oh children. of school children. Oh my god! And I was just like. Dinking of cigarettes and clearly on drugs and soaking wet. And I just felt so shitty about myself. That's fun though.
0: I it like was frightening really kids. fun. You know, <laughs> I do it. I, I, by the sheer height of my body, like I have frightened children before just by like being a little too close without them knowing, like there are moments like that, but it's funny. I, I always say that if I, because you gave knows very well, maybe more than anyone else. Gabe has actually seen me high when we were in school together. Oh Yes. And funny enough, those were probably the two best experiences I've had. I remember one time singing the national anthem for all of you. I was just going to
2: say, I was just going to say the time you sang.
0: Which I sang it in male opera and I remember everyone's head exploding.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a beautiful mm-hmm. singing voice. Thanks, famously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, okay, you were all, we were sitting on the floor in my dorm room, <laughs> <laughs> which I shared and there was bunk beds mm-hmm. and weirdly and this is so not me but there was an american flag yes, on the wall there was that was huge i ever. remember where it where the i don't know where we got that thing i don't know what I would never hang an American flag on the size of a wall on a wall of somewhere I live now. It's just such a weird, well, mess. this if is we not American, but a, I was going to say, if imagine. We
0: lived in a you know, in a different country, I was also very into flags though in college and yeah, um, I was a real flag so hag cool. and I had a huge, <laughs> thank you. I had a huge union Jack on my wall cause I'm such an Anglophile piece of shit oh my God. that I had this and I lo- I had that flag from my, I brought it with me from my house in Miami to college because I loved it so much. It was just a yeah. different time back then. It was like the late 90s, you know. It's yeah. yeah. And
2: there you were sitting on the floor in front of <laughs> you in like <laughs> that's how I remember it. And I sang and it so belting. deep. Yeah. And deep. Yes. It was like
0: a man. I I rarely do that anymore because I'm so convinced my greatest fear in life is becoming a famous male opera singer before I've become (laughs) famous for being funny. So it's like, I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want to have like Michigan J frog disease where all of a sudden people are like, do it, do the singing thing. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm also funny. Um, The other time I remember being high because you know that now I cannot do it at all. Like now I, I I did an edible with my friend Jason in like May. He came over and I luckily his husband is like a psychotherapist because we had to get him on the phone to like talk me off the fucking ledge. I was out of my mind. Like it really does not agree with me. Uh, the other time I remember was, and I, I know we've talked about this before, so I'm like, are we out of stories? But when we were at 1020 together, our local college bar, which still yes. exists, by the way, and um, Guys and Dolls was on. It was me, you, Jenny Slate, and maybe Mike. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe Lang, someone else. But Jenny was for sure there because I. it was on mute, but I know the whole movie by heart. So I was just <laughs> doing the movie while it was on mute. And I remember like <laughs> sobbing with laughter. I think we had a pot cookie or something. And I was yes. shooting tears like it's probably the hardest i've ever laughed in my life was that ten twenty <laughs> with you guys honestly those are the good good old days but oh,
2: that bar with the mute with the always a movie on mute on the back wall
0: always uh, but i, I love that balls. bar oh the best i do
2: too yeah
0: one of the best but yeah i won't do acid because as i often say here on the podcast i know that the second it touches my tongue i'm gonna see a devil so i'm like no thanks
2: like yeah i
0: can't and i won't
2: yeah i'm too scared and it just lasts too yeah. long we have a mutual friend I don't know if I'll I'll, I'll text you his name but he did ayahuasca oh. as like um, a New Year's Eve uh, ritual type thing and again it lasted too long on him and it was in like Malibu in this like rented oh, no. yurt or whatever yes. for the ceremony and you know then it was the next day the trip was supposed to be over everyone was packing up their things and the you know the Instructor. yurt was rented by someone else next <gasps> And they had to get him up and out of there and he had to just like finish his trip, I think in his car, like by the side of the road where it's just like imprecise. Did he
0: vomit and did he go back into his childhood?
2: I don't know what he like saw or experienced, but he definitely vomited and he definitely tripped and he it was a really positive experience until suddenly it was supposed to be over and everyone else was done. And he wasn't
0: done. Like I relive my fucking shitty childhood every day. You think I need to yeah. like <laughs>
2: puke in a bucket
0: first to go back? Allow me to interrupt. I can do it literally with you on the podcast right now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. We have to go to break. Meaning this is the end okay. of part one. Um, Gabe Leadman, We're going to talk about pen 15 uh, on the next episode with Gabe, because it's uh, speaking of bad childhoods. I mean, it, I was going
2: to say reliving your childhood for sure. It's
0: really for me, like, genuinely i am both of those girls and I, i'm just yeah. everybody i'm everybody on the show genuinely rolled into one um it's probably the best show on television it's on hulu um we're going to talk all about uh pen 15 with gabe leadman follow gabe just truly one of my favorite people on the planet at gabe leadman on uh instagram and on twitter and um and we'll talk about his new show q force his q cartoon uh <laughs> on the next episode so we'll see you guys then bye
2: Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. For more original podcasts, please visit Forever Dog Podcasts.com. And subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.
1: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear the show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content. And I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.